listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Well, um, the last several weeks, we've been looking at some of the names of God that we find in Scripture. And I love how each name for God in Scripture shows us a different aspect of God's character. It shows us something new about who God is. And this morning, we're going to look at the Hebrew name for God, Jehovah Rapha. Who here has ever heard of that name before, Jehovah Rapha? That Jehovah Rapha means the Lord who heals. The Lord who heals. And all throughout Scripture, we see God as a healer. The scripture talks about God healing our bodies and healing our minds and healing our hearts and healing our souls. We also read in Scripture of how God heals creation. Can you believe that this is like, this is fallen creation? Like, this isn't even fully re- redeemed and restored yet. And look how gorgeous it is. We read in Scripture about God healing the waters. We read in Scripture about God healing the land. We read in Scripture about God healing the nations. We go to the New Testament, and we see Jesus, the divine physician, and he's healing people of all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. In Matthew chapter 4, it says that Jesus, he, went from town to town preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing people. And so time and again throughout Scripture, we see a God who heals. He heals physically. He heals emotionally. He heals mentally. And he heals spiritually. It's just part of who he is. He's Jehovah Rapha, the the Lord who heals. Now, the first time in Scripture that Jehovah Rapha is mentioned, that is referenced, is in the book of Exodus, chapter 15. Exodus is the second book in the Bible, in the Old Testament. And in Exodus 15, here's here's what happens. The nation of Israel had just been miraculously delivered from from the Egyptians who were holding them in bondage and slavery. And through a series of plagues, God convinces Pharaoh to let the people go. And so they leave the whole nation of Israel and they come to the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his armies change their mind and chase them down. And God miraculously parts the Red Sea and the people of Israel cross the Red Sea and are delivered from the Egyptian captors. But here's what happens in Exodus 15. Three days later, the nation's wandering in the desert, and they run out of water. And that brings us to the end of Exodus 15. So I want to read Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 through 26. And I think this passage is on your handout. Let's read it together. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Shur. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called that place Marah, which means bitter. Verse 24, then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses threw it in the water, and this made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree. 
as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. And so here's what we find in this passage. God had miraculously delivered the Israelites from their Egyptian captors by parting the Red Sea. But now they face a new crisis. They're out of water in the middle of the desert. And they begin grumbling and they begin complaining. Have you guys ever noticed how easily you and I forget God's previous provision because we're focused on a new crisis that develops in our lives. I have a kind of a stupid story, but a few months ago, we lost our church work office. Now, that doesn't sound very tragic to many of you. To me, it was tragic. The first 10 years of our church, we didn't have an office to work from because we've never had a church building we, and we didn't have the finances to have an office. But a couple of years ago, we finally got to the place where we had enough finances to, to rent an office for me and the staff, and which was really like blessing to me because I had to work out of coffee shops in my car, which, you know, for 10 years, it's like a long time to not have a workspace if you, you know, work. <laughs> and so we had an office a couple years ago. We got this office and we loved it. It's a place I could do work and we had our staff meetings there and a place I could pray so I didn't have to pray in my car because it's not super cool when you're praying at coffee shops. <laughs> but, and having to move every two hours at a coffee shop because nobody likes the guy who takes up the table all day, right? So it was so great to have a space. And then um, a few months ago, two months ago, we were told that we were going to lose that office spot because they needed it. We were subleasing it from this IT company. And, and man, I panicked because I thought, I got so focused on, oh no, I don't have a workspace anymore. This is horrible. And we have to go back to like my car as my office and these coffee shops where everybody, you know, there's the guy who's going to take up the table for two hours sipping on his coffee. And, and I was forgetting about all the ways that God provided and it was a, a couple of days of just kind of me doing my stressing out thing and, and kind of focused on the crisis at hand and forgetting about all the ways God's provided in the past. And my wife's boss had an office space and, and let us do it on a month-to-month basis. And so we've been there for a couple months. Well, last week I get an email saying, hey, there's somebody interested in that space. And I had to be really conscious to not freak out again, to not focus on the next crisis, right? But instead, to try to get me to remind myself, no, like God's been faithful. God, God has been faithful and he's going to continue to provide. And I think we've all done that, right? Where we, we forget what God's done for us because we're so focused on just the next crisis that develops and that ar- arises. And, and that forgetfulness sometimes of God's goodness can lead us to a bitter place. And, and that's exactly what happens to the Israelites in this story. Because for three days, they've, they've had no water, they're running out of water, they're complaining, they're grumbling, and they finally come to an oasis. But the water, we're told, is too bitter to drink. And so if you've gone three days without water, that's got to be really bad water to not drink it. 
And really the bitter water in this passage is a reflection of their own disposition. They are harboring bitterness, and you can hear it in their words. Exodus 15 tells us they, they went to Moses complaining and grumbling, and they said, what are we supposed to drink? And that's just facetious, right? It's loaded with attitude. It's kind of like, hey, Moses, nice job. Thanks for delivering us from slavery and bringing us here so we can die of thirst in the desert. Way to go, God. Like, that, that's their heart, right? And it's coming out through their words. And so Moses cries out to the Lord, and God tells Moses to do something really weird. He tells Moses to throw part of a tree, this dead tree, in the water. And through this piece of wood from a tree, God heals the water, and he makes it drinkable. Now, that is a strange, there's no tree that can, like, you know, purify and cleanse water. This is a miracle that God's doing. And it's a strange story, God healing water through this tree. But it's also interesting, in the New Testament, the writers of the New Testament refer to the cross of Jesus as a tree. And what do they say of that tree? They, they say that when Jesus hung on the tree, when Jesus hung on the cross, he healed us of our sin. He healed our separation from God. And so just like Moses' tree heals this bitter water, Calvary's tree heals us. We're healed spiritually through the cross by, by the forgiveness of sin. Isaiah, the prophet in chapter 53 says this, he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity, and by his wounds we are healed. And so at the cross, Jesus himself proves to be Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And so we see God healing all throughout Scripture. Now, here's why I think this name, Jehovah Rapha, is an important name for us to reflect on today. Because I believe that you and I, every person here, are all in desperate need of God's healing. I believe that some of us here need God's physical healing. I believe some of us here need God's emotional healing healing. I believe that we're in need of relational healing. I believe that there's some here in need of, of mental healing and spiritual healing. And, and the thing is that I've been reflecting on is I'm not even sure that you and I and all of us are fully aware of all the trauma that we've experienced this last 14 months. You know, Ian was talking about like thinking that he would go on the soccer field and he would finally breathe because he didn't have to wear a mask and then he realized, oh no, I'm just out of shape. <laughs> and I feel like all of us are in that place where we're, we're we, right now, we, we just haven't had the benefit of time to reflect and, and look at all of, of the turmoil and trauma that we've gone through these last 14 months. We've been in survival mode. We haven't been afforded the luxury of time to process everything yet. And, and in many ways, I think we're just now beginning to reflect on all the long-term effects of isolation, of anxiety, of fatigue, of pressure, despair, burnout, languishing, all of these things that have come on as a result of these past 14 months. And I, and I think some of us are in more need of healing than others, right? We all went through the same storm but we weren't all in the same boat. This last 14 months, we all went through the storm together. But some of us were on different 
boats. Some were in yachts, right? Like, we could feel the waves, but we were really unaffected by this past year. And there's others of us who were in rowboats, and we were paddling like crazy just to keep from capsizing. But then there are still others who are clinging to driftwood, like just barely trying to keep their head above water. And I, I think of our kids during this time. Can you imagine being a kid going through what we went through the last 14 months? Like with all the anxiety and the uncertainty. I remember when COVID first kind of happened and the lockdowns happened and we were all wiping down our groceries. I just remember thinking, this is really strange. Like never in my lifetime have I had to wipe down all my groceries and like be told by uh, um, our ruling authorities that we can't even go outside or go anywhere. And then I think of how traumatic that is for kids. Not knowing, like, what is happening to the world? Like, why are we wiping our groceries? And why am I stuck inside? And why do I have to go online for school? That's traumatic. I think about our school teachers. I know we have some school teachers in our, in our church. And, and, man, they had a year this year. Like, it was rough. Think about all the fatigue and, and the stress Think about our, our medical professionals, all of our caregivers. Man, talk about stress and, and just overwhelm. I think about um, our mental health counselors and our public servants. Think about people who are having to like hold their towns together. I think about our, our lovely mayor from Montpelier, Anne, who just like... They have, they have people looking to them. You have the pressure of all these decisions and people are not happy. And man, it's a lot of, to deal with. But here's the good news of the gospel. We worship and serve Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And so you might be aware of trauma in your life. You might not be aware of all the brokenness in your life. But it doesn't matter because we worship the Lord who heals. We serve Jehovah Rapha, and that is good news. And so I'm going to leave us with a question that I want you to consider, and we're going to spend a few moments together in uh, some discussion groups to go over a few questions, and this is one of those questions that's going to lead into our time of prayer together. But here's the question I want you to reflect on as we head to our groups. Where in your life do you need Jehovah Rapha to show up today? Where do you need Jehovah Rapha to show up today? Maybe it's a, a physical ailment that you're dealing with, like our friend Patty over here, who's just going through like the most difficult journey physically. Maybe, maybe it's a mental or emotional wound that needs God to, to heal. Perhaps it's a relationship. Maybe you just there's like some, some illness in your relationships that need to be healed. Maybe you're here today and your spirit feels sick. You need to lean into the forgiveness of the cross and the grace and the healing that Jesus brings through the cross. I want you to be thinking of where you need Jehovah Rapha to meet you today. And so I'm going to say a prayer, and then Ian's going to come up and, and dismiss us to our groups. But let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you um, recognizing, and maybe even not recognizing, our need for healing. But Lord, we thank you that, that 
you are Jehovah Rapha, the, the, the Lord who heals us. And so, God, I pray that you would do what only you can do with our time together, that you would heal hearts, you would heal physical bodies, you would heal spirits, you would heal souls, you would heal our minds. God, thank you for, the, for being the one who sustains us and the one who heals us and the one who restores us and the one who mends us and the one who makes us whole. Lord, we lean into this name of who you are, Jehovah Rapha. We lean into it, trusting that you are going to be there. You're going to meet us there, and you're going to be who you are. As we go into our groups, Lord, I pray that you would uh, even fill our conversation with healing and that the Spirit would be at work in, in the way that only the Spirit can. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.